0: This is PW Torch VIP editor Wade Keller, along with PW Torch columnist and VIP analyst Rich Fan. And he is joining us first on this AEW Revolution VIP exclusive post pay per view roundtable podcast. Momentarily we expect to be joined by Todd Martin and Javier Machado, and we're gonna review the show in depth. But I wanted to get Rich on, even though he has very limited time tonight with an early morning tomorrow, and these long AW pay-per-views on Sunday nights are tough. But Rich, thanks for taking a few minutes. Welcome. Yeah, thanks, Wade. A pleasure as always. Yeah, so we just saw Sting give a retirement speech, and totally appropriate for Sting. They go off the air as he says, as he kind of smiles and says, Oh, I'm getting I'm getting a time cue. Um, so the the fans in the arena getting uh, a, a special moment to post on social media momentarily. Um, I want to get your your thoughts on on the execution of Sting and Darby against the Bucks. Sting and Darby winning uh, a coffin drop, leading to a scorpion death drop. Uh, we had a walk and brawl, stunts through tables, broken panes of glass. Darby bleeding on the back, uh, Sting being crashed through a table off a ladder. Um, I think it had everything that we expected. I don't think it had anything that we greatly feared. I think they walked up to that line but didn't cross it. How about
1: you? I thought this was the culmination of, you know, Tony doesn't, Tony's not a perfect booker. He isn't a perfect owner. No, no one is. But I think this was in the main event the ending of the greatest run he had for any wrestler he's hired so far in his uh, time as owner of AEW. And probably the best treatment Sting's had in twenty-something years. This has been like from every step of the way, Sting has been given a level of respect. Like even you mentioned in one of your reports, like, the way he, you know, he's been presented here is a lot different than how he had either been presented in the tail days of w- WCW, clearly in WWE, uh, kind of the ups and downs of TNA, and this match, you know, for all of my concerns. Uh, you know, they even mentioned at the end of the the promo before we got it cut off. Arby said he was going to die in this match if he had to, if it's Sting's last match. And I didn't think he died, but I thought he was <laughs> severely messed up. Yeah. And you know, the, the the cut to his back and the lacerations and the glass and the pock the pock marking and it was just disgusting. And you could tell that he nothing was going to stop him. The young bucks who, you know, love or hate had the role they needed to play, and leaned into things, which, again, from a booking and a matchmaking standpoint, AEW is its best when it observes, as we talked about on everything this week, history of wrestling and integrates it without claiming to be the sole arbiter of it. And so they use parts of the WWE, I'm sorry, I love you. It's like, no, we don't, we hate you. And he kicks out, and he kicks out at one. And, 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 you know, they're losing their minds. and, And, you know, that whole finish was just magnificent. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't even mention the beginning, which was such a surreal-to-be-weighed mm. salute to Sting with his sons playing the different versions of him before he stepped out of the shadows in his final form uh, with Seek and Destroy playing. And, you know, as much as, you know, the nerd in me wanted man calls Sting, even <laughs> though there's no legal way to do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was very happy to hear Seek and Destroy. I actually heard it on the radio earlier today, driving the... David Buster's with my son. And I was like, I wonder if Tony would pay for that. <laughs> and ironically, I figured in my head, it was like, well, maybe if he, that's like two thirds of a final countdown, so maybe Danielson kind of like takes one for the team. And it seems like he did.
0: Uh, absolutely. Uh, just looking at this, um, you talked a lot about Sting and how this went and for Darby. I uh, talk about the Bucs and, and the job that they did and the role that they had. And if it turns out they were, as I think they were, a, a pretty close to perfect choice for this situation.
1: They did their role well. This is back in the day to the Reseda Bucks when they would go against the world's cutest tag team. where they did not have any remorse about being the people booed for doing the wrong thing at the right time against the group that were going to be underdogs, even though they were champions. Uh, if anything, it's less cringy because you know you don't have the former wrestler who teamed with uh, you know against them in that match with the world's cutest, cutest tag team. Um, but in this case, yeah, he they were perfect. They were both just jerks. You could see the reactions, the fact that they had the red and the black. So even they, even in their them, were color-coded with Sting. It was very... I think the only spot that kind of threw me off was the glass spot, but I think because of his T-shirt, and I'm sure they had him secured. I know we talked in the preview. I thought it would be a table spot where they would kind of do something with him where you could see, okay, they want to do something crazy, but they want to make sure he's safe. And I think that glass spot was a perfect spot uh, that that kind of showcased that. Yeah. And then Matthew and Nicholas, Matt and Nick, whatever, they leaned into it. They did well, and they did it without being the ironic look at us chewing the scenery. It was uh, understated heel work mm-hmm. at first, full out cure, and like I said, at the end they kind of showed their cards. We hate you, like you know, thanks for doing business with us. They're shaking his hand for the 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 bte trigger and then he kicks out at one and you know the, the the usage of the tk driver um which you know even the arrogance in changing their name to the tk driver <laughs> instead of the melted yeah i mean uh you know it, it was all they they did their job well i think they yeah. they came out if anything it's a it's a testament to the fact that we're looking at this is the final match of Sting and a celebration of Sting afterwards. And honestly, the, the the hallmark of how well they did is we don't necessarily think about them. We think about him and the ending of the story, not necessarily uh, the pieces that led into it. Give me
0: uh, just 30 seconds on the world title match.
1: Um, it had been kind of telegraphed, and that was going to... The finish. I know my buddy Mike Sempervivi had mentioned that as a potential one. I didn't think Hangman would tap out that quick, but alas, he did. And we're, we'll see where it goes. It's it it definitely bears watching, especially now that we know there's another title contender on the horizon.
0: Yeah, and Hangman taking some time off for personal reasons. He'll be suspended storyline wise for attacking the referee and uh, Swerve i likely get a one-on-one match with Joe coming from it. Uh, Will Ospreay, Um give me a couple thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, sure. I thought this was probably, in terms of pure wrestling, hide um, from my match of the night. I thought both men, this was one of those showcase matches, especially in their it's point in the card, where we don't have titles, but our title is the fact you got to see us wrestle. And both men brought it. I thought that this was 20 something minutes of just excellence between the two of them. Osprey introducing himself as an AEW talent and not just the guy who's showing up every now and again as part of New Japan or another foreign like uh star in an all-star showcase or something like that. This was this is what Will Osprey AEW wrestler looks like. It's interesting to me that uh, Osprey's character as part of the callus family seems to be slowly moving away. He mm-hmm. has, you know, Kyle Fletcher as a good friend and a mentee from years and years and years working together. And it's you know, it's it's very fun to be way this is a show that featured him, Kyle Fletcher, and then earlier in that, uh Kyle O'Reilly. Because yeah. it's like there are three evolutionary versions of this was Pokemon of the same person, just as different parts of the journey. So I think uh, you know, in the, the Osprey oreilly life cycle. Like, O'Reilly kind of, like, is where he is. Osprey has, like, blossomed in Superstar. And people were saying, bruv, and all these other Peaky Blinders things <laughs> that he kind of overdoes. But they're seen this cute and endearing, yeah. kind of like when Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly does things. And Kyle Fletcher, same thing. He can do his odd uh, shtick, but his wrestling kind of st- speaks for itself. So I thought this was great. And Takeshita sold the agony defeat sold yeah. the fact that even though it was an a family fight he did not appreciate coming out as a loser in it and we'll see where this goes but i guess they're announcing that uh it'll be fletcher and osprey next on dynamite yeah. so we'll see how they handle that kind of relationship too
0: and then just finally overall big thumbs up mild thumbs up thumbs in the middle thumbs down how, how'd you feel about this
1: um i'd say big thumbs up i you know time wise being what it is, I I would want to point out that Kingston Danielson and the tag match, if you didn't get a chance to see them, see them both. uh, I thought this was an excellent show that built to a main event saying farewell to a guy who has his role in wrestling history. And AEW treated it with the respect he deserved doing it. And so because of that, every match had their stories, but they kept pushing back to the story. Whether it was you know, uh, Daniel Garcia showing up in a Sting-themed jacket or Eddie Kingston and Danielson's post-match where they're having a very strong talk about respect. And the most important thing is getting the respect of the boys and girls in the back. And all these things just kept pushing back to Sting. sting. And, And I think at the end of the day, this show, if you purchased it, I know there were issues, myself included, with Bleacher Report, with things loading up and shutting down and restarting and all this other stuff, but they get to see this and get to see Greensboro Coliseum, like, to see it well-lit and fully stocked with fans. They stole WWE's
0: ring stage-to-ring approach. They, they they did the same thing, showing off that they can do it, too. Yeah.
1: They did, yep. and, and it was one of those things that were made through JCP and WCW, so yep. it's like, what's good for the goose is good for the exactly. yeah. If anything... If anything, this is one of those times, like you said, where you can bow your chest out and say we're good, just as good at this because their video production and everything they did for leading into some of these matches, they were top notch. And then the Sting yeah. one in particular, uh, it, it was it was again another thing where I'm so used to years and years and years of you know you make your own YouTube videos to outdo <laughs> what had been like subpar videos through WCW, ECW, WWE, and now you have these magnificent odes. To people with the uh attention that they deserve and not just like we got to highlight some other person in it yeah
0: all right uh todd has uh tagged in rich you're you're allowed to take out but do you want to say hi to todd
1: hey todd hi rich rich gets to leave I think with tenor, that's it, yeah i get the tag out i get to grab some nyquil and pass out so with that uh thanks again thank you all for going vip and uh uh, hopefully you enjoy the rest of the show.
0: Well, we'll talk to you uh, probably Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll work out our schedule, Rich, and uh, hopefully you're feeling back to 100% by then. All
1: right, sounds good. Thanks.
0: All right, Todd, uh, you got to hear the uh, the tail end of, of Rich there on our VIP roundtable here. We will be joined momentarily by Javier Machado, who will be carrying the bulk of the uh, of the third chair in this roundtable. But I wanted to, on a night like this, get Rich's thoughts on the show. All right, Todd, so um, the first uh, or the main match that we talked about w- uh, with Rich was the Sting match. Um, and so I'll throw to you for, for your thoughts on this uh, just to catch you up. Um, Rich and I both thought it was really well done um, and, uh, and went over the ways that we thought it was in terms of the Bucks being... Uh, good opponents, and uh, they walked the line, maybe crossed it slightly uh, in ways that that seems appropriate for, for a final match. Um, what'd you think of of the spectacle and the the final chapter in Sting's in-ring career if, um, and I think it's more likely Sting stays retired given his age, Todd, than than most retirements um, uh, that we've seen over the years of stars of his caliber. I
2: thought there was a lot to like about it. Um, I, I liked the, uh, the video at the beginning with the Sting highlights playing in the theater with Sting watching, and his sort of little promo at the end where he goes, you know, it's showtime, showtime for the last time. Let's do this um, with more energy than I I said it right there. Um, And I, you know, we talked about this before, but I, my thought going into this thing was Sting should win, but it didn't strike me until watching that. Like, Oh, Sting has to win. Like, this isn't really a question. Like there's, there's not an argument for the young bucks winning this thing. Of course, Sting should win. Um, And the, uh, you know, the, the tribute to, different moments with Sting's career with the, uh, you know, one of his sons wearing the outfit from great American bash, 1990, um, <clears throat> where he won the title from flair and the other one wearing the, uh, the, uh, Wolfpack sting red and black outfit and the, uh, um, seek and destroy yeah. theme he had briefly in WCW that for some reason, like, like holds like a lot of sway with some people. I'm not really sure why. Um, but yeah. you know, like, uh, Whatever you know, whatever the deal is there, um, and you know everyone worked really hard. They set up a lot of very believable um, near falls before giving you the uh, the finish um, that you would uh, you would expect and uh, and uh, and hope for with you know Sting winning with the uh, the Scorpion Death Drop after the uh, the Coffin Drop and you know very memorable final speech with uh, words to live by. I gotta I, I, I gotta wait. I'm getting cues. Hold on, <laughs> um, just it's so
1: perfect. Great,
2: memorable, memorable moments to, to uh-huh. end the show. I will say, I think I was probably not as high on it as a lot of people, just because. We've talked about this over, you know, you know, from time to time when it comes to sort of dangerous spots in pro wrestling. And, you know, I, I oftentimes I will not be as as bothered by these things. Like, you know, it'll be raised. and I'll be like, yeah, whatever. You know, like, yeah, I was a lot of matches. It was dangerous. Um, or, you know, we were talking about the uh, the the Strickland um Hangman Page match in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, That, you know, was, you know, the the blood drinking and whatnot that some people were bothering by. And I was like, no, that, you know, that walked up to sort of the line of sort of the type of match where it's not really my cup of tea, but it didn't bother me at all. I was really into it. I really liked the match. This one, like, it was, it was, it was too much for me. Like, I I just like, you know, Sting with his age, like just sort of the feeling that he would do anything i mean they um you know at one point being thrown into pane of glass and glass just flies out in the direction of the crowd but then you know the thing that people are going to be most talking about was darby climbing up this really high ladder and then leaping off through a pane of glass and then them zooming in on his um in his back and just watching blood flow out of like a thousand parts in his back was just i mean it was just disgusting and disturbing shivani said he might lean out (laughs) like we've never heard uh, that yeah, term before. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah sorry. Um, yep. you know, always great instincts from Tony Shabani. Yeah. Um, it was just like at that point I I was sort of checked out of the whole thing. Like I wasn't like engaged <laughs> in the match. I was just like okay, let's just get through this thing. So, there's a lot to like about it, but like it was you know, it just it reached a threshold for me. I mean, at the yeah. point he did that, I was just like, OK, I'm you know, I just let's get this thing over with, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't engaged in the match anymore. So, you know, I, as I said, I think I'm um, based on sort of the, the, the um discussion I'm hearing. I think I was in the minority on that. But like that was that was just too much for me. So that definitely affected my overall view of the whole thing
0: totally understand um that did you think sting did anything he shouldn't do other than send glass flying into the front rows
2: i mean i thought that the the, the spot where he um where he took the suplex through the table seemed safe enough yeah. the power bomb through the table seemed on the more dangerous side for a guy who's like whatever 64 or something um but sort of within the realm of um of reasonableness for his last match the key to the thing though was that the point that darby did that bump i just had no trust in anything that was going to happen i was just like if they signed off on that which to me like if darby is suggesting that it'll just be a hard no for me i'm like no you're not diving off you know that far (laughs) you know off off the air through a pane of glass we're not we're not putting on at the point that you like okay that my mentality is just like okay they're, they would do anything here and i'm just ready for it to be over because i don't want anybody to get hurt and particularly sting um and flares out there and steamboats out there and it's just a an atmosphere of you know the you know the 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 inmates have taken over the <laughs> asylum and you know the guards are getting shot and who knows what's gonna happen
0: i i didn't like that steamboat looked away before he got kicked in the face and and it like it i i i didn't, get, didn't I did not get a chance to replay anything I watched. I just stayed live and um didn 't even try to play around or trying to relook at stuff because that always gets me in trouble and then I end up starting these things late um and, and it also didn 't want to screw around at the bleacher report app because i I started the show thirty minutes late and missed the opening match because of the app issues that a lot of people were having um but uh yeah i was I was worried uh, about Steamboat and flare in particular going going too far, and Steamboat just kind of dropped on into a heap. Uh, on the ring apron, and he's had you know had the history of some things going wrong. So, um, they they I was I was worried about everybody. I'm always worried about Darby. Um, and, and I get um, totally get that being a threshold, uh you know cross crossing a line. Um, for you, we do have uh, Javier Machado now, PW Torch contributor. He wrote the uh, primer, uh, preview, and predictions article for PW Torch uh, for this show. Javier, uh, thanks for tagging it. I know you had to uh, drive home from your brother's house and get set up. So we've been uh, doing things a little unconventionally to start with Rich at the beginning, and then uh, and then hearing from Todd about the Sting match. But welcome. Uh, hello. Uh, thank you for your uh, patience. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> great. Great to have you. So all we 've done so far is t- I, I guess with rich we get, got a few thoughts on some other matches, but um mostly the focus has been on the sting match, so uh, you've heard the tail end of what Todd had to say here um and so I'm want to get your thoughts uh what you think about the sting retirement match, the spectacle of it all the the build up in the the video and the empty theater beforehand uh the match the bumps the chances that were taken and the and the post speech whatever stood out to you the most
3: yeah i mean the uh the the bump with um Uh, darby allen if it had been anybody else it probably would have taken me out of the match but it's darby allen so i was already kind of prepared for him to do something stupid crazy um so once that happened i'm like okay he's gonna be looked at and let's see you know i i i was able to block that out while the rest of the match was going on uh i am very glad that they actually just let sting win um i i thought that you know just just make everybody it is they're in greensboro and and just make everybody happy uh so I, I i was i found it fun for the most part um the the i think the 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 repercussions of the actual spot of uh darby going through the uh plain glass went the, the the glass window or you know with the glass uh i, I think they, that might have been more than they expected uh <laughs> in terms of uh blood uh but overall i i i enjoyed it i was i hope you
0: know, so <laughs> I actually I having a good authority is way less than they anticipated, which blows my mind. No, I'm I that is not a scoop, I'm making that up.
3: Well, I mean we are talking about the same promotion that had that uh the that match between uh Cody and Dustin that yeah. that almost rivaled um uh the uh the JBL Eddie Guerrero one. So, mm-hmm. you know, um you know, so so that, that that was you know, I I'm I'm like it's Darby. We'll 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 see. Um i i do find it uh, morbidly uh uh funny that uh, you know when when sting was cutting his uh cutting the 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 post-match thing that uh uh darby grabbed the mic and said yeah i, I told you i'd be willing to die in this match but i'm still breathing so, at least for now uh, yeah, yeah so i'm like man this guy is gonna uh it's gonna be interesting um but uh yeah, I, I, I overall liked it. I, I kind of wish that uh, Sting kind of more paid attention to the cues at the end, so yeah. we could at least get a actual goodbye that uh, aired instead of like literally ending. I'm getting my cues now, and then cut the black. Uh. It's also
0: perfectly <laughs> appropriate for Sting. I mean, it, it, you know, yes, it would be on. It wouldn't be fit any about anyone else of his stature, but it's so perfect. He goes off the air with no self-awareness of like trying to, you know, he doesn't know the, he doesn't know the shot clock, you know, he's just yeah. dribbling the ball when the buzzer <laughs> goes off. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's staying at a, I mean, honestly, it's, it's not part of his character's charm, but it's sort of part of Steve Borden's charm over the years that, you know, at times I, I wouldn't say held him back, but, uh, there were aspects of what he brought to the game, the way that he entered the business and had the guaranteed contracts and, I don't know i mean that's a whole other discussion we've had it before where you know he didn't ever quite polish up certain aspects of things and and his personality is pretty you know chill in in that way too so it it came across i i I smiled i wasn't frustrated it's like yeah and you know in a social media era well i'll get to hear him say goodbye anyway because people will, will be recording it
3: yeah uh and overall it you know it, it they basically just threw a lot of wrestling conventions out with uh, Sting essentially no selling oh. some of the craziest moves and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But at this point, this is like, uh, you know, like like the goodbye. So it, it, if you're gonna throw away all the rules, let's just ju- let's just have a party and, yes, and go for it. So I was, you know, so I I enjoyed it for for it being his last match. It will not like i have other issues <laughs> i had a couple other uh, a couple, maybe a couple other issues throughout the show but uh in in terms of how things were presented but it, it, this was just like it's fine it's this last mat- match everybody goes oh, I'm happy this is the sting is portrayed as superman and there's not going to be another sting so uh overall i i i do give it a a, a thumbs up I th- my biggest worry however was the Ric flair i'm like please don't do anything crazy i mean even though the double super cake was yeah. like a bit much at that point for me, because, you know, Ric Flair just looks like a keel-over at any moment. Uh, I was less worried about, um, uh, about Steamboat, because he, he looks more spry. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what his actual real situation is, but you know, Ric Flair's definitely been more through the ringer, and, and, and he looks it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but uh, I, 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 although... Saying that, I did like the fact that he did the whole cover Sting's body, mm-hmm. you know, thing after the, their, you know, their their rivalry. Um, don't like how in commentary they say, "Oh, they're friends." I'm like, no, no, no. In 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 the wrestling world, they're not friends. In the wrestling world, they're bitter rivals. That's why this moment should mean more if you're that's what you're selling, as opposed to saying, "Oh, yeah, these guys are lifelong friends." Oh, yeah, uh, I saw that. You know, so uh, overall, I I, I I did enjoy it.
0: And I'm, I'm glad that didn't do, get too cute with it, like teasing that Flair was torn and he was gonna like maybe yeah. turn. It's just, nah, just have Flair come on c- cover up for cover up Sting. The Bucks are jerks, and uh, and then he pays the price for it. But he's willing to, uh, you know, he's willing to take a bullet for Sting, so to speak. Todd, did you did you like the overall arc and in, in the end point of, of Flair's involvement in this?
2: It was fun, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, like I said, I I I would have enjoyed Sting, uh, Flair turning on him one last time, and then Sting <laughs> yeah. beating him up. So I, I, you know, we didn't get that unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, it was you know, it was basic stuff. You know, Flair looking out for his uh, his old rival turned uh, his turned friend, and those despicable Bucks, you know, attacking him um, for uh, for trying to help. It was you know, it was basic stuff. Uh,
0: Todd, anything else you want to bring up about the the whole Sting presentation tonight? No. Yeah. Uh, and
3: Javier, how about you? Uh, and do want to give kudos to the Bucks for really getting the crowd, you know, just hating them, yeah, <laughs> you know, just being just the worst. A-
0: absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about the world title match, and then from there, we'll just start at the beginning and march through the rest of them. Um, the uh, three-way for the AW World Heavyweight title was the second-to-last match, appropriately so, um, although then Sting would have been cut off. So, I mean, there is that. If you don't think Sting can handle um, time cues, maybe you wanted to put him second to last. But, uh, yeah, we had some Mojo, Hangman, Page, and Swerve Strickland. And uh, Joe retains when Hangman taps out. The announcers brought up, did Hangman tap out just to spite Swerve, so that Swerve wouldn't have a chance to beat him or Joe. Um, Hangman, in the match, beat up the referee pretty brutally. Uh, We heard Excalibur say fines and suspensions will be coming his way. Uh, Fightful reporting tonight that uh, Hangman expected to take perhaps months off um, due to personal reasons undisclosed and it was touching whether they'd even be available for tonight's show so he'll be written out and this does seem to set up what well, does set up um, the uh, a one-on-one match we're sorry we'll get a one-on-one match against Joe um, with Hangman out of the picture uh, Javier I'll, I'll throw to you first what did you think of uh, the world title match and, and also the, the way especially the way the finish was uh, was framed and presented
3: uh, it was fine. They, they didn't no favors. It coming up after uh, Tagashia and Osprey and the match that they had. Um, uh, but overall, yeah, I, I would just say it was fine. I I I, I felt that that Joe was for sure going to win, particularly with uh, Wardlow uh, winning uh, the the All Star Eight Man Scramble. Um, but. Um, the uh i I did start questing myself when uh, swerve uh, was was ba- it was homaging it looked like he was homaging um kofi Kingston um and uh, so I'm like hey you know maybe he's gonna like write the wrong because that kind of seems what he's going for uh but overall i I what the the two things I took off but most of the match was that they pretty much just for sure solidified, um, Hagman pages. I mean, he was already a heel, but you know, full on blown heel. And my favorite spot would be, would have been, was, um, swerve turning, you know, turning down the crown, uh, that, um, that, uh, what, what's his name? I forgot his name. Now it's, it's past midnight. So i shutting that. Yeah. Prince Donna. There we go. Prince Donna, the, the, his crown and, uh, re- refused to use it despite there not being any rules. So, uh, you know, swerve you know uh, uh, um playing you know uh, playing fair i i, I ended up uh, liking that un- underscoring that okay we're, we're going with him as a babyface. um and during their promotion for the dynasty i think they're calling the next pay-per-view he was one of the first people that you got to see if not the first one so um it looks like they're going to be going you know all in on uh no, no pun and tended uh, on um on swerve so it looks like even though he lost we're gonna we're you know it, we're going to see the next uh, they're, they're going to be focusing on his next part of the journey i don't expect him to like disappear like usually in a lot of uh <laughs> yeah. aw wrestlers did yep uh todd your thoughts on the world title match yeah
2: although a I uh, i think a uh he his uh, his ascent was thrown for a a little bit of a loop tonight with the arrival of Will Osprey, which couldn't have gone much better. And I think a lot of people watching Osprey tonight are going to be. I mean, obviously, people were already talking about the idea of Osprey being, um, you know, the focal point of the promotion. And um, I think Osprey, between the crowd reactions and just the the Christmas of his work and how well he got over, and what was to me the Um, the best match of the show um, I think is going to uh, put some pressure on Swerve um, as he also is on the rise and has a different set set of strengths um, from, uh, from Osprey. I thought this was a good match, um, you know, back and forth, uh, you know, action throughout a lot of near falls. um, And I thought that, you know, the, the, the strength of the match and, the thing that stood out the most of the match was the character work with Hangman Page, which I thought was very strong with, you know, Hangman first taking out the ref when sort of had Joe pinned and then, you know, taking him out again later when the ref went to count. And I thought he was getting great heel reactions and I thought his mannerisms of just this guy that has sort of lost it, is just, you know, consumed yeah. by rage and determined above everything to make sure that that this rival of his doesn't get the title um i thought worked really well and i think sort of if he is going to be gone for a lot while which i you know i assume that fifa was correct in that i think it sets him up very well to come back as a you know really ferocious heel um, you know, going after Swerve or whoever else he might be might be going after at that point. So I thought the the strength of the match, which was good in and of itself, um, was the uh, was the character work by Hangman, which I thought very much stood
1: out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I thought this was was well done. Um, in in every, I, I they played with the fans' emotions really well in this one, and and I think there were moments where even if you sort of knew better, you they pulled off getting you to buy into some um of the false finishes or near finishes and that that as as um javier brought up that the moment where swerve could have used the belt or the crown it's like nah that's not how i want to do this and Nana was shocked but it's sort of the that moment of transition symbolic well yeah it just symbolized it, it swerves full-fledged not going to do that stuff anymore um totally grand hangman he's been become such a compelling compelling character right now um and is out of whatever rut he's been in for for quite a while um and uh and joe is just joe i mean joe is just he's just great at, at doing this what he did and i i like that he gets to uh hold the title a little longer and i hope he's he's i hope he's the one standing opposite of uh osprey at, at wembley i mean i think that'd be a great uh, peak moment for joe's career and um and he'd be a really good opponent for osprey before they Move on to uh, a bunch of Osprey dream matches, and I agree about Swerve and the timing not being good with Osprey showing up. But Todd, I've got good news: AW has other singles titles for Swerve, so he can still be a champion. <laughs> All right, um, let's uh, let's jump to the start of the show, which included at the in the which included a pre show. Um, I won't well it could, it'd take forever to list everybody in the match, but the Guns and Jay White and the Acclaimed. Um, against Private Party, Jarrett Satnam I'm saying Jay Lethal and Willie Mack. They claimed in the guns won this one. This match made me angry. Um, Billy Gunn like took like five big moves in a row and kicked out. And then he pushed Jay White aside to go, Let, I'm the bigger guy. I'm going to stand, uh, stand up to up I'm saying. And it was just way too much uh, Billy Gunn. Um, so that that irritated me. And the whole match was just, you know, the, the clown show with the Jarrett people and company. But they got some crowd heat. And it, it wasn't like all bad. It's just it, I don't think it fits AEW, and the Billy Gunn stuff irked me. Uh, Todd, what do you think?
2: Yes, I also dislike this match. Um, I will bring up some independent points in addition to that. Yeah. Um, my big thing was like, why is Willie Mack in this match? Like, other than obviously to do the job, like. It's like a fucking pay-per-view. Like, you can just book a competitive match and have somebody that's on the level of the other people lose. You Like, you don't have to have, like, 11 semi-protected people and then the one obvious guy who never wins there to lose. Like, it's just Todd, such it's hold me.
0: on. Do you really think Jay Lethal or Jeff Jarrett could have uh, withstood doing a job here and still showing up <laughs> next week?
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you, you you, know, you couldn't just have one of them lose. You have to bring in the guy who never yeah. wins to do the job. And yeah. it was the thing that annoyed me, too, is they did the exact same thing last night in the main event of Collision, where they had another one of these, like, one of these eight things is not like the other, and oh, wouldn't you know it? Like, the, <laughs> the one person that, that isn't being protected of the eight people in the match was the one who lost. So... Um wasn't a fan of that. It was a flat crowd, um, a flat match. And then speaking on the Billy Gunn thing, I was also amused afterwards. Jay White gave like a kind of weird like babyface promo afterwards. And he talked for quite a while. Nobody else talked. And everyone just sort of stood in the background. And my amusement at the whole thing was just watching their reactions. They just seemed annoyed. Like Billy Gunn seemed annoyed. Like the kids seemed annoyed. They were all like, do we have to like just stay in the background while Jay White talks for a while? Like I, I don't know what the dynamic was going on there. But I, I found it quite um, quite, quite, entertaining. And the key thing was Jay White saying he, he may handle some big business of his own in Boston. So I don't know what that means. But yeah. um, something's come there.
0: Yeah, he said, I can remind everyone who made me the catalyst of pro wrestling and remind everyone what it's like to breathe with a switchblade and 10 days in Boston we will handle some big business of our own. Um, yeah, I mean, this. Jay White was just blending in to the to the whatever, just blending in in the background. And, and he, he shouldn't even be in the ring with, like, the unnecessarily uselessly tall Billy Gunn making him look small. I mean, it's just – it's not even a place – it's not even a – a place he should be because he just especially the way Billy Gunn doesn't defer to him Um, Jay White has a chance to be a big star and this was just sad I mean watching him stand there like just looking small and unimportant and yeah the mic work at the end was I I, I don't know if that was I assume he was given the green light for it Um, and, and I know he's I've heard you know he's been frustrated with a variety of things including being you know the utility guy for MJF and the way that that was all booked so hopefully he he you know cares enough and feels he has the 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 um the pull and the leverage to um kind of assert being a top guy because it, it can't be fun watching will osprey show up and and get the right kind of push that you know jay white deserves something in that realm of uh javier your thoughts on this opener if, if, if you saw it i don't know if you watched the pre-show
3: uh well yeah i, I kind of saw it this one uh we were getting together at this point, uh, but I, the,
0: you did not have to admit, uh,
3: I'm so guys, disappointed. but, I, but, but I, he did it for you, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I did, I did see it. It's just, I wasn't like focused on it. Um, but, uh, the, the, the promo. Yeah. I, I, it, I found it interesting that they used, they used him to fluff up the crowd. um, you know, to get people invest in what was coming up because you know he was talking about the other matches that were gonna. Uh, he, you know, he did the rundown of the the card that was coming up. Like he was a GM promoting the show. Yeah, and and then he flipped to the I'm gonna now get my stuff in because what I'm doing here is really <laughs> stupid and maybe <laughs> what I'm gonna do next might be a little bit more uh, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, they they cannot get him out of this. I I, I have a, a high tolerance for. BS, a <laughs> lot higher than Todd does. Uh, but I'm I'm way past. That's definitely with this true. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm way past them doing something with Jay White. I mean, you have Jay White. You probably have Okada coming in. You have Ospreay. You have uh, Takeshita. You have um, a, you know Swerve on. The, you have like some top guys that could be facing each other and jockeying for positions. And instead, we're we're stuck with with this.
0: All right, then uh, a vignette aired uh, on the pending return of Pac. He said, he will never get rid of me, Tony Khan. And he compared himself to a cockroach, uh, usually not what people volunteer to do. Um, and he said he'll drive AEW into a new age. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, kind of special effects here. I thought it looked pretty good in, in that uh, in that cap. Um, uh, Todd, any, any thoughts on, on this, uh, I guess, you know, reintroduction of Pac after he disappeared again?
2: Not much. I mean, it was, you know, it was well-produced and Pac's, you know, always a welcome addition to the show because he's a uh a really good wrestler
0: yeah uh uh, javier any thoughts on this
3: yeah i could have sworn i saw this promo already i think they just took something they already filmed and like uh put scenes in different order in in, in different orders because it it feels like i've seen about 30 promos of Pac coming back and then like (laughs) him not really doing anything yeah. i mean uh, some of this because of an injury some of it's been because of visa issues some of it's been because of covid some things mm-hmm. have been you know for 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 a bunch of issues but I, I really can't get behind this guy right now because you know just like miro i can't get behind him because it's it's all starts and stops with them so um you know maybe if it sticks i'll be able to 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 you know uh uh you know, get more into his character, but how about right how about now, Malachi
0: like, Black? Can you get behind him at least, Tommy?
3: No, no, uh, it's the same thing. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, he Grant, is. Yes. That's the problem with like ninety percent of the roster. When mm-hmm. I mentioned with swerves like hopefully he doesn't disappear because yeah. I mean, same thing happened with Takeshta
0: because yeah.
3: you know, because so, so, I mean, Even Grant, I Fletcher, this, bit. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, Call Fletcher is like okay, now he's he comes he comes out now after not being on TV or anything to to for, you know for the Osprey uh, challenge uh you know uh for what on wednesday but yeah it, it's it's this is what's for me personally the most frustrating thing uh with the you know uh the uh uh i i, I love whenever you do a, a uh your, your the fix todd and, and talk about the you know the known person you know who's gonna win the match because that 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 for me that's also a problem but it's there's not people just disappear and you can't I can't get behind a guy because, you know, he's either gone or, or you know, and I consider disappearing going over to Rampage, too. Uh, you know, just I, if, choose your people and, and, and have them on my TV so I could get behind them. So then we had Tony Schiavone interview
0: David Crockett at ringside. Um, Schiavone had to carry things a little bit here. David had a couple talking points and, uh, and lean, leaned on them. But it was cool, you know, to have David Crockett there. Um, I, I really, really, really wish... David Crockett did a run-in at the end of the Sting promo and said, Oh no, Sting, we gotta go! And then they cut him off. Um, For people who who live through the NWA Worldwide Wrestling Syndicated shows where they do ring entrances for the heavily advertised main event... And then after ring entrances, the bell would ring. The rest would lock up, and David Crockett would say, oh, no, Tony, we got to go. And they would do that all the time as a way to try to, like, get you excited about a match, but then make you pay pay money to see it. So those of us who watch David Crockett in real time, it would have been good for him to do a, a run-in on, on Sting there instead of Sting just leaning on the top rope and saying, I got a time cue. Um, but, uh, Javier, any, any thoughts on uh, David Crockett's performance here briefly?
3: Uh, not really. I, I, I'll, that had never really been super familiar because I, I started, like, when – that era had already
0: passed. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people would be scratching their head if if David Crockett did a run-in and said, oh no, Tony, we gotta go. But
3: I would have gotten a kick out of it. Um, I mean, I I know more the historical, you know, uh, the historical bent, but yeah, Yeah. I I, I was not really into wrestling at that point. (laughs) Uh, Todd, any thoughts on uh, David's performance?
2: Wade, it's not all about you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Then Julie Hart and Sky Blue took on Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander. Um, Willow and Statlander won this one. Uh, Todd, what'd you think?
2: By the way, before this, they also had Orange Cassidy in the background telling the best friends to stay in the back, and thankfully that didn't end up costing him in terms of like the interference costing him. But I don't know when this became like a trope where like the idiot babyface tells his friends to leave him alone against a heel who has friends who interfere all the time like i just like i don't get why baby faces repeatedly do that particularly here where they weren't even setting up the finish but anyway um yeah i thought the match was uh was was okay flat crowd again which um worked against it but i thought the match was generally you know the action was generally pretty good few clunky moments but um overall um i thought it was good and you know willow and statlander won uh, clean. So uh, they continue the story here of, um, of Willow and Statlander being uh, uh, presumably uh, divided over time by, uh, by Stokely and his methods.
0: All that I recall from this match is, is the ultimate example of a horrible breaking up of a pin by a third person because uh, Julia landed a moonsault on Statlander and made the cover and Willow, quote unquote, broke up the pin by leaping over both of them, grazing them, Julia remained on top of Statlander, the referee was unfazed, and the ref just stopped his count because something flew over them. It's so dumb. If you're going to break up a pin, break up the f- pin. Don't just touch the person on the back and expect the ref to stop his count. It's get, it's gotten so sloppy over the years. and But then I, everything got better from there because it's hard to not. Uh, Todd or, or uh, Javier, any thoughts?
3: Uh, well, uh, on the uh, Orange Cassidy thing, uh, at, at least I, I think it's more damning of what he thinks about his friends because his reasoning was, "Hey, I don't want you to get involved because you're gonna get your ass. Yes. You That's true. <laughs> hurt. Yeah. Yep.
2: yeah, I like my friends yeah, too so much. I'm tired of you guys getting beat up.
3: <laughs> so uh. you know, so you have that there, uh, and, and and it more calls into the po- to the point of like, if you know. If the promotion knows that they're going to get involved, why do they let them still be at ringside? Because you know, I understand the first time, but over and over again, at at some point, it's on Tony Khan. No, um, yeah. as far as matches is, is concerned, it, it it was a match that happened. I I, I don't know. Is this really going to excite you to to plunk in fifty dollars for the pay per view? Yeah, <laughs> you know that that would be my my biggest question here.
0: Yeah, uh, not much advancement in the uh, the the. Uh, storyline with stokely hathaway he just kind of ran and celebrated with willow and statlander so that uh that...
3: i mean I, I wouldn't i don't know i wouldn't use zero hour to finish or to can to continue storylines that are happening on, on on rampage or collision you know yeah
0: yeah all right uh, so we go to the main pay-per-view and this is where i spent 30 minutes hopping from my phone to my tablet to my laptop to two different tvs or two different roku boxes trying to figure out why the Bleacher Report app wouldn't work. And then when I paid for it, it said, your purchase is not connected to your, the event. Please go to this tab, which was hard to find, and restore your events. And that didn't work. And um, so, yeah, that, that was not fun. But it eventually just came on like 30 minutes later. So I missed this match is is what I'm saying. But um, uh, Javier, I'll throw to you uh, your thoughts on uh, Christian Cage, uh, um, the uh, uh, Daniel Garcia versus Christian Cage match.
3: Yeah, I thought it was good. It was a standard stuff that you would see from uh, from Kristen Cage. I, I you know, hidden being the 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 veteran over, um, you know, t- taking it to um, to Garcia, and then when Garcia would you know come back, he would heat. Uh, he would uh, do some sort of cheating. Kristen would do some sort of cheating in order to you know g- gain the advantage. Um, this would be what I was referring to in terms of like at some point what you know why does the promotion still let the rest of the patriarchy there because you still had you know um, you know uh, the mate uh, the matriarch and, and and the kid and 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 the dinosaur all getting involved in the uh, in, in in the stuff so it's like at some point it's on the promotion to say hey uh, you know why are you there um, but it it was fine it was a fine match it was uh, for it being the opener uh, Todd your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I thought it was uh, a pretty good match. You know, Christian doing his um, his uh, his usual shtick. Uh, Daniel Garcia was the first of a few wrestlers to come out with Sting gear. He had a Sting uh, Sting jacket. Brian Cage did his uh, Sting uh, thing earlier. I liked uh, Matt Menard standing up for uh, for. Uh, garcia again and fighting off kill switch like even if obviously he's going to get his ass kicked by kill switch at some point like just sort of the babyface standing up for his bodies i uh um i enjoyed that i was i was uh struck at one point where um uh, where uh, I think it was, um, I don't know, I actually don't know who it was of the commentators. One of the commentators declared there is no one in pro wrestling with more to answer for than Christian Cage. I was like, allow me a counterpoint on that one. Um, and uh, I thought that the finish was uh, was kind of a weak one with uh, with Nick. Not even kind of. It was a weak finish with Nick Wayne interfering.
0: How'd you feel with Tony Khan saying Christian Cage is the best wrestler in AEW during his media call a couple days
2: back? I mean, I can see why someone would say that. I mean, he's got strengths in terms of, like, the, the package of a personality and playing for heel heat and being a good wrestler that um, not a lot of people have these days. Um, so you can, I can see the argument for him being a total package. He certainly would not be my choice, but I understand why someone would argue that.
0: Yeah, and I was, I was surprised Tony did, but I was actually, like, I don't think he is the best performer in, in wrestling right now, but for all the reasons you said, it's not like this ridiculous premise, but... I'm just glad Tony Khan appreciates what it is about Christian that he does so well because so much else of what Tony does, I think, could use some of the 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 finesse, the efficiency, the the the, the cleverness, the the veteran savvy in getting a lot out of less um, physically um, that Christian does. And so I, I was like, I was surprised he said it, and it's I think for a lot of his audience they they would think it was a bit of a stretch, but. I also am like, well, I'm kind of glad he recognizes how good Christian is at a, lot of, at a lot of those things. But, I mean, you would think the promoter would be saying, you know, it's, it's Will Ospreay or it's, it's Brian Danielson, um, especially, you know, the, the aesthetic of, of Tony Khan and, and the way that he presents his product. Um, well, I mean, given
2: yeah. that Christian has sort of turned it around and, and been a very effective heel, he also like, you know, you got to get some shots back at all those people that, that, that uh, went after Tony when he put over Christian so big when he came into the territory
0: uh javier um what'd you think of eddie kingston and or did you did you start with uh christian De garcia i threw to you on that todd what'd yeah, you yeah, what'd yeah. you think of eddie kingston and, and brian danielson
2: um sorry <laughs> i thought this was fantastic i really like this match um it seemed like i liked this more than than most people because I, I you know like it seemed like it got praised but it didn't get raves and I, I i really enjoyed this by the way they they added a little you've been way of source you've been of course being the drum for finding ways to present the the show a little bit differently and they they tried something here that was you know was lifted from UFC but you know it's it's fine to lift things from other people where they had the female interviewers backstage explaining how the wrestlers are approaching the match before the match and then they you know they're they they, they didn't do interviews but they were eddie and dan and danielson were training in the background and sort of getting ready for the match and um uh and uh renee and and someone else were you know sort of explaining their you know their uh mentality and how they're approaching the match and it sort of gave it sort of a uh a sports-like feel and sort of a different presentation so that was you know sort of an example of of aw thinking of different ways to um just sort of present the product and again something that they've been doing in in ufc for a while now um i thought this was the first match where the the, the crowd seemed really hot i mean the crowd was into garcia and, and christian too but like this one they were really into it and um you know i just thought it was really good you know snug uh, snug uh, uh snug striking back and forth um danielson just pummeling him a lot of the way with you know with uh Big impactful moves and 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 strikes and Kingston sort of hanging on and struggling and doing what he can. And in the end, they're firing back and forth, trading exploders, and and uh, and Kingston wins with the power bomb. So I thought it was a uh, an excellent match um you got the handshake at the end so we'll see if they do any follow up with that but uh, regardless of whether they follow up on that or not in terms of like them having more interactions in the future you got the uh the conclusion of the story of of Kingston um not necessarily pursuing Danielson's respect but um uh, you know, well, no, no I, I guess. Well, I mean, he 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 was more proving a point, I guess. But you know, getting the respect from Danielson that Danielson had uh, had long indicated he wasn't going to do. So, um, yeah, I thought it was uh, it was it was very well done.
3: And Javier, yeah, it it was more um, it was less him having earned the respect because uh, it, it was more Danielson going after uh, Kingston to avenge the loss that he had in the uh in the playoff portion of the uh Continental Classic. Uh, you know, because it, it was more it was more Danielson pursuing him. But I, I did like I like the match. I just I don't like that New Japan style back and forth kind of match with Eddie Kingston. I think it works more where he's just getting destroyed for most of the match and then finds a way to win at the end. I think that that kind of fits his his character better than just you know, uh, particularly with someone like uh, like Danielson. Uh, so yeah, while I, I, well, I like the match and like if I were to give it star rating, I'd give it like three, maybe three five. Um, but, uh, but I, am just not a super Kingston fan, honestly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I joined this match in progress. Um, so I don't want to speak to the totality of it, but the, the crowd really got into it in those closing minutes and, um, and, and that's how you want a crowd to respond to to, to Kingston's character. And Danielson was effective here. The crowd was definitely invested in Kingston winning and loved it when he won. And, and um, you know, Danielson played up the handshake thing uh, pretty well. So we'll see what the follow-up is on it before um, being able to understand exactly what story they were telling for sure. Um, all right, so then, just in time, um, to see the fir- my first full match of the pay-per-view. I-, I saw the majority of Kingston Danielson, but I got to see all the ring entrances for Lance Archer, Magnus, Hook, Powerhouse Hobbs, The Machine, Brand Cage, Wardlow, Dante Martin, and Chris Jericho. An all-star scramble. All-star with an asterisk next to it. Um, and the one in 16 minutes. I thought this was what you'd expect for a match with this many people in it and a mix of styles. They... Um, knocked all the the smaller guys out of the ring, and then we had a a, a mini um, meet madness uh, segment. Um, not all of it was crisp, but some of it was um, you know effective. And in, in 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 that there were some big man small man exchanges that the crowd got into, and just some you know haas moments. Um, yeah, and I mean for for a match where it was just all over the place, the crowd was into it enough, and and that can help save something from being a, dis- a disaster if the crowd was completely quiet and. The, the downside is, um, you know, it would have been, um, I think most people saw Wardlow winning and it was uh, Dante losing, the most politically palatable person to lose. And so that was um, a, a disappointment. Um, Javier, what'd you think?
3: Yeah, th- this would be the match I would have had in the zero hour because it was just fun. It, yeah. it, it was fun and, and it was enjoyable, you know, experience, which didn't really need to be on the pay-per-view um uh I-, I liked the uh i did like the uh the meat madness we're still gonna get the meat madness thing you had the crowd chanting you know meat and all that stuff uh Wait, and which excalibur
0: had... said he thought they were saying meat which i thought was great
3: um <laughs> and then there was the um the 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 beyond meat uh one when the uh, smaller guys did the exact same thing which I, <laughs> I i was just having fun time fun time uh with that um <laughs> but yeah, I, I I thought it was a fun match and it, I mean it, it was obvious Wardlow was going to win. It was like the most probably the most <laughs> obvious thing of all since uh it fits into the whole uh, uh undisputed kingdom going after all the titles. So, you know, we're probably going to end up getting uh Wardlow and and Joe on a big dynamite show. Um uh, uh or or uh, are, are we due for a battle of the belts and They're not going to put that on
0: Battle of the Belts cuz nobody watches it and they've waved the white <laughs> flag on that. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. yeah. I get. I mean, if Wardlow gets a saddle shot of Battle of the Belts, Wardlow should realize he's never getting a push.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry, Battle of the Belts, but your brand is dead. Uh, uh,
3: Todd. Yeah, that was that was. Sorry, that was dead after the. I, I've never been more upset at a freaking show <laughs> after <laughs> the second one. Yes.
0: Uh, Todd, what'd you think of uh, uh, All Star Scramble?
2: Yeah, I wasn't a fan of this match. Um, it was sort of like a ladder match without a ladder, <laughs> um, which meant just a series of spots. Yeah. You know, they just sort of did spots, 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 spots. And unlike a ladder match where you have a lot of climbing here people weren't even going for pins. So it's just like hit a move, hit a move, roll out, hit a move, hit a move, roll out, hit a move. And, you know, they weren't even all landing that well. I'm... I'm over the meat stuff. It just seems sort of kitschy and stupid to me at this point. Um, just sort of wink, wink, aren't we being amusing? Sort of thing, um, as opposed to sort of more meaningful engagement and what's happening. And then, as you mentioned, that you know the, the path of least resistance finish at the end as well. So I, I didn't like very much at all about this, honestly.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, then orange. Cassidy and Roderick Strong, AW International title match. Strong captured the AW International title. They've been playing up for a while. How beat up and what a grind Orange Cassidy, what a grind of a schedule Orange Cassidy's put himself on. They talked about his first reign and then his second reign and how it's just stacking up and he had uh, set a record for kinesio tape on on his his rib cage and abdomen when he uh, took off his uh, jacket or shirt or whatever at the beginning of the match. And, uh, but they had a, a, a back and forth match, uh, strong ended up, uh, winning with a leaping backstabber uh, announcers immediately started talking about Cassidy's toughness, even, even being willing to be cleared. Uh, the doctor made it clear. He barely cleared, was barely medically cleared yet again. Um, and then also afterwards, we got Kyle O'Reilly with, uh, long hair. He's been growing his hair off for two and a half years since we last saw him. And, uh, he hugged, uh, Roderick Strong, but was not willing to put on the undisputed Kingdom t-shirt I just think he has a better logo idea but maybe he just doesn't want to be in their faction which would also be a very good career move on his part probably um fan chanted welcome back and the announcer said O'Reilly seemed conflicted um uh Todd what'd you think of this
2: thought it a good match um i uh, i appreciated the fact that they um they just gave you a finish at the end um because i think it, i i was expecting them to do some sort of nonsense finish and i think particularly the nature of like as you mentioned the story here which is orange casty sort of being worn down and you know b- you know battling to, to hold on to this title i think that is better served at the end by him just sort of being worn down and beaten than you know screwed and i think moreover with roderick strong um, someone that has not had a lot of credibility during most of his AEW run. If you're going to make him a champion, um, you know it's it's better to uh, to give him uh, you know a stronger win to try to get him uh, get him over in that position. So I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a good layout in terms of what they did with the finish, and then you got a surprise at the end with the uh, return of uh, of Kyle O'Reilly. And it's you know nice to see him back. He's been through a lot, so I'm glad he was able to uh, get back to a position where he's able to perform.
0: I think the longer hair is a good look for him, too. Um, It kind of recasts him. and Not everybody looks good in long hair, but I I think it works for him and makes him feel like a little bit bigger of a star. Uh, Javier, your thoughts?
2: I'll leave the judgment on people's hairstyles to others. (laughs) (laughs) Javier?
3: Uh, Yeah, the... um uh roderick strong is interesting for me because i i there's some matches that he's in that i really really liked and this is this is one of them uh he was just brutalizing uh orange cassidy just the 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 focus on the back and the ribs and and just the when he's doing that he's like one of my favorite you know uh uh, in-ring wrestlers it's the outside the ring stuff that just like kills him for me (laughs) Um, but I-, I thought it was effective. It, it made sense that this was going to happen. Uh, they have been playing off the whole, um, you know, the, the damage that he's been taken, uh, that, uh, that, uh, Cassie has been taking. So it, it just made sense. I-, I was surprised that it was as clean, uh, that, that it was, you know, that they just went that way. And, and because of the Brutalization that uh, they put him through, uh, particularly since you know he was already coming in uh, hurt. So I, I really dug the match. Sadly, because uh, I was thinking about this, it, it feels like it's probably the most logical story, character-driven story that they actually have d- going on, uh, which is more <laughs> of a in, you know d- damning indictment of the rest of the stuff that's going on <laughs> in AEW. But uh, but I, I thought it was a fitting end for what uh, Cassie uh, uh, for Cassie's uh, title run.
0: All right. Uh, then we have John Moxley and Clyder. Oh, I'm,
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. one of the. Yeah. And, and also, also, it uh, the kingdom needed this. They they said that they're going to be going after titles and stuff. So this also helps uh, prop up when Wardlow uh, faces Joe. Uh, it helps prop up that match a little bit, just because there's already a member with the gold, and that was that's their thing. they're going to, they're going to try to capture all the gold uh,
2: in in AEW. So yeah. Yep. Or at least a lot of the gold. To capture all the gold would be an impossible <laughs> task. For yeah, group yeah. That... Of four or five or seven <laughs> or ten.
0: Uh, yeah, that's true. Good clarification. Um so yeah, then Moxley and Claudio against F T R um and uh this uh ended with Claudio and Moxley winning. Um they went uh twenty three minutes. Um Javier, what do you think?
3: Uh, yeah, this was a good match. Um, it, it, it's, it's what I expected. It's just hard to talk about it. It's what I expected from from both of them. Uh, the ending was interesting. With the uh, we, we have another begrud- what looked like begrudging respect between the two teams. Uh, although the the fact that it it they just beat uh, FTR I had the feel, particularly since it it just feels like AEW never does it nowadays. That it just had the feel of like FTR is leaving the territory now. Uh, I'm thinking the idea behind this is um, they they did talk in commentary a lot about how the uh, the team of Moxley and Claudio have been beating a lot of teams and beating FTR is just gonna be the feather in the cap, which makes me think that I'm assuming um, that uh, that you know uh, with the sting retirement that the uh, the titles are probably gonna to be, you know vacated. And there'll likely be a tournament, and I think the idea is to uh, set up Moxley and Claudio to, you know, being in, in high-level contention for that, if not be the next uh, uh, title holders.
2: Uh, Todd? Yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I think you're looking at them wrestling for the uh, the vacant tag titles, either at the, the next pay-per-view in St. Louis or the uh, – um, the, uh, the Double or Nothing pay-per-view in, in May, depending upon when they time the, uh, the tag title tournament. I would think probably the latter. Um, I thought the match was uh, was good, not great. Um, I-, I was expecting a better match, frankly, um, but I thought it was sort of, uh, you know, the crowd was sort of subdued early, and um, the match didn't feel like it really got clicking until the final few minutes. Um, and the final few minutes were, uh, were strong, but I don't think it was, you know, enough to have this sort of, like, really hot match. And maybe my expectations were just, uh, you know, too high because I was thinking this was going to be one of the, uh, you know, real standout matches of the night. And I guess you could argue it was. But, um, it, you know, for me, I thought there were, you know, a few matches that were, uh, you know, a level above. And, uh, you know, this one I would, you know, seem more more comparable to me to the Orange Cassidy Roderick Strong match, which is sort of a good match, but not something that people are going to remember in, uh, you know, in a, in, in a week or two.
0: Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a very good tag match, uh, but you know, it, it fit its place on the card. It wasn't a show stealer. Um, you know, it, it was a little bit of a bummer. FTR lost in kind of their home market, but I think it was for for a larger purpose. Um, and yeah, but but I mean, you know, good match. But yeah, I was I was expecting something more, and it took a little while to kind of get get um, get get rolling too. Um, which sometimes is fine, but in this case, yeah, I don't think the second half made up for the first half being a little more, um, just, I don't know how to say it, house shell structured, just, you know, long beat down. Anyway, uh, Tony Storm, Diana Parasso, uh, AW women's title match, uh, Tony Storm wins in 12 minutes. Um, uh, uh, Todd, was this the breakout match for, for Tony Storm for
2: you? Uh, no, no. um, it's <laughs> not, good. The, you know, that that would have been uh, many years ago in in uh, in uh, in stardom. Um, I thought this was uh, this was fine. Um, you know, it was a lot of sort of mat work. It I, I mentioned a few points when the crowd was kind of subdued, and the crowd here was the most subdued. It was I think all show. It was you know it was a pretty dead crowd after the uh, the entrances, and it, I thought it was pretty notable. They had Mariah May come out with the old Tony Storm entrance, and the crowd really popped for the Tony Storm entrance, um, thinking it was Tony Storm, and then when they realized it was Mariah May, they (laughs) were considerably less energetic for the Tony Storm Um, entrance with her current gimmick which i thought was notable i I would not Mm -hmm. have expected that i mean it certainly fits into my view of the whole thing but (laughs) um i I was sort of surprised because you know obviously there's a lot of people that um that very much like this current tony storm gimmick but after they teased the uh you know the old thing and then they brought out the the new thing the crowd was not reacting very well um and you know the match which is again i thought it was fine but the finish certainly did not help things with tony storm tapping out but then the referee was distracted by luther looked like a total idiot and then tony storm you know hits the pile driver for a pin so very much sort of a you know cop out give everybody something finish where you don't really put anyone over so yeah that was not a uh not a positive and um yeah the the tony storm whole act is not um I don't think lighting the world on fire in terms of uh being something that is uh you know is getting over something important i mean obviously there are people that are amused by the you know the um the gimmick but I, I don't feel like it's you know a a particularly strong part of a uh of a professional wrestling show i
0: enjoyed taz early on saying i get confused sometimes the screen turns black and white when tony storm comes out what's what's that all about um uh, deconstructing her her, her gimmick and, and acting confused by it all happy uh, are your thoughts
3: yeah it was a fun match um, it, it, it and it is kind of the style of match I like of the uh, you know the, the the ground wrestling and stuff like that Um but yeah, at at this point I am this is the point where I start looking at my watch and seeing how many matches we have left and uh bemoaning that it's going to be running into midnight and uh thinking about like how all the matches up to this point you probably slice a few minutes off and you probably would have had a tighter show but um uh, so those that, that's the, uh, sadly what was going through my mind at that point. Uh it, it is surpri- so I, I'm surprised that they they they, it was a screwy finish uh, to uh, "quote unquote" protect uh because uh, it feels like they haven't done that much for the uh, women. So I wonder if they th- that means that I- in Tony Khan's eye they see more uh, more in Perazzo, um, uh that was that's worth protecting because a, a lot of the you know like when Taya Valkyrie came in they just beat her and and, and other another wrestlers but uh, they didn't do that with Diana. So uh, just curious what tony's mentality
0: uh, wasn't booking that booking that finish uh, also in this match Taz. On... oh sorry go ahead todd you, you I, I, no, I assure no, you what you're saying I, is I'll more relevant you. no what you're saying is going to be more relevant than what i'm saying so go ahead
2: okay that's fine yeah um on on the note that javier brought up about the uh, the crowd reactions um i thought that you know this has been a discussion we've had from the very beginning in terms of the decision to go as long as they do and If you're making the argument that we often do, that they go too long, this was, I think, the strongest example you're going to have – the strongest point that you're going to have for that because so many times in the past where they've had these long shows – um, the crowd, while they get subdued or tired at a few points later in the show, you generally have sort of an energetic crowd for most of the show. This was a show where there were a lot of points throughout the show where you had stuff that wasn't as important and the crowd was not very engaged in it. And it this was a show where it's much easier to just say, yank this out, yank this out, yank this out. It would be much easier to... to put this into a more compact four hour show where the crowd would have been into everything and it would have felt like a hotter, you know, you know, better show than it did with the other stuff thrown in there that the crowd wasn't that into and didn't feel that important. So I think this was sort of a strong, um, case study. If you're making that general argument, and again, not everyone is not everyone is on board with that argument. There yeah. are definitely people that like just sort of the you know the marathon nature of the shows. But I thought this was one that sort of makes the case better for that perspective than some of the other shows.
0: Well, if Tony's doing, what did he estimate? Nine pay per views this year was that his estimate on the, on nine, the to media call? nine to ten i, I just think you make if you're doing four a year i get the argument of oh let's do four and a half hours you know half hour or not four even five hours of the pre-show it's every three months you build that build up that anticipation um big crowd big energy big fight feel you guys can save up your energy but and you know, it's sort of like you know nfl games feel more important because there's one a week more, compared to nhl nba games especially baseball games um Collectively, seasons mean a lot, but individual games mean less when there's more of them. Now you can make the argument since we're having more pay-per-views, not every one of them, they all should be shortened to three or three and a half hours at, you know or 320. You know, Maybe that's a sweet spot for giving people, quote, their money's worth and making it feel like a big show. But maybe it's time to cut back if you're going to do that many. The So I, I enter that into the discussion. But also, and it's a serious question, how much heat does Tony get if he runs a pay-per-view, Todd, without... A women's match on it, even if that's the more that's the obvious one this month that can be can be uh, trimmed to make the show tighter and better.
2: Well, I think there are a number of candidates on this show, but yeah, I think you would definitely get heat if you had um, no women's match on the show. So that would be a uh, more difficult thing to pull off. Although I will say this: like if they, you know, if they bring in mercedes monet which i'm certainly expecting um Why? and she's you know on <laughs> and she's on um on each of these pay-per-views i think you're you know i think you're likely going to have a you know a, uh, a a solid crowd engagement for her matches each month if she's on each of these shows so i think that um i think helps you a little bit on that front um i also would argue um in terms of you know cutting of course as i'm as i want to do in the opposite direction of my earlier argument if you are going to um you know to make the argument that you want to keep these shows longer I think there might be some trepidation about the idea of running more shows and then cutting the length of each of them. And then you can sort of, people might argue on the other side, well, look, you're you're running more of these shows and you're giving us less bang for our buck, like it's sort of a ripoff. You're asking ask us to pay more and you're giving us less. So um, that might, you know, incline them to, um, you know, to want to keep them longer, to uh, to not have the feel of, uh, of, you know, running a bunch more shows and then giving you less content in them.
0: So, so make the sh- make the viewing experience worse for most people to to uh, prevent the crybabies, as Rock would say, from making a big stink out of there not being enough quantity to the show. I, I would just pitch Tony to to, to not worry about the, uh, the 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 we want a long show crybabies. Uh, Javier, where are you on this?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I think that. Choose your pay per view that is your WrestleMania, and if you want to make that a super show, that's fine. Uh, I, I don't mind once a year having a, a long card, but I, you know, but because that's the that's your pay per view where everything you know culminates into. Um, but yeah, the other ones should be you know three hours, three and a half hours tops, and just you know, particularly since since the, they do pay per views and they don't do what WWE does, which what drags those out are what 30 minutes between matches um you know you are
2: this was made I believe bang, bang, I bang. believe the average is 23
3: Okay, so, but, you know, so this is just like bang, 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 you know, and you're going straight from one to the other, and sometimes you mm-hmm. ba- barely have time to even use the bathroom. <laughs> so, which I, I found myself, I'm like, well, I want to I make sure I get into the mood of this <laughs> match, and then I'm like, oh, well, but I, I got to pay attention to the match, because, you know, I, I'm going to be doing the poacher. So, you know, I, I, <laughs> you know, long story short, you know, uh, but yeah, it, it's, I, I do think... Uh, it, make things more meaningful and and you know and, and I'm not totally saying that because I'm tired of writing primers for you know 30 matches on a card so.
0: <laughs> yes thank you all right um so then um we're down to Takeshta and Osprey um, Osprey wins in 22 minutes uh Sean radikin messaged um, asked him to give me updates on on the uh, the press conference while we're doing these because he watches them and he said that um, Osprey um, pulled his pants down at the scrum and showed off A giant, sorry, that I should have rearranged that sentence. Um, (laughs) Osprey, it's quite the start. (laughs) Um, Osprey has a giant bruise on his backside. I asked Sean how, how was that? Was that a photo on social media? He goes, No, no, that was in the scrum. He pulled his pants down to show it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, and uh, and and so he. Um, Tony Khan wanted to pull him from the match on Wednesday because of how bad that looked, and Osprey talked him into at least penciling him in and giving him a chance to recover a bit. Um, so, yeah, um, some some uh, that was
2: some... visible vi- visible on the show at one point,
0: even with pants on, it was, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, the the the, the liver, uh, the, like just the 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 spot, um, uh, off the top rope that just looked like it could gone. Uh, way worse um, for for Osprey and kind of slowed things down for a bit. what um, was it was uh, crazy but um, uh, Todd, I'll, I'll throw it to you first on this um, to talk uh, about the match you alluded to it earlier um, Osprey coming across as, as a star and AW could use one right now um, you know a fresh star who is not just to find down or, or they don't screw around with him and Osprey certainly has a talent what do you think of, of his presentation tonight and, and just how he came across?
2: Yeah, this is a fantastic match And I thought Osprey came across great Um, You know, there's a ton of energy For Osprey coming out and, you know, he was so crisp with the different things that he was doing. Obviously, uh, Takeshita, a great worker in his own right. Um, I thought uh, Callis did a great job on commentary, putting it over. I thought it was a, uh, a really strong match. And on top of it being a really strong, exciting match, and I thought the best thing on the show. Um, I thought that, you know, depending on how you feel about the, you know, what the Sting thing was, but in terms of sort of a match, mm-hmm. I thought this was far and away the best thing. Um, it really felt like a big star, um, attraction coming in and, and really, you know, lighting the world on, on, on fire and, and, uh, and making you want to see more of him. So, and, ma- and making, frankly, the, the, the product feel hotter. I mean, it was certainly helped as well by the big crowd, but this was, you know, the crowd that, um, this was a show that, um, felt to me like a hotter crowd than a, than a hotter mm-hmm. hit this show made AEW feel like a hotter product than it has in quite some time. Absolutely. Um, You know, I was trying to think about when that would be, you know, maybe like, you know, early last year or maybe the year before um uh, but this definitely felt like a hotter product to me than the all-in show like or that that had a bigger crowd but as far as like the product feeling hot the product did not feel nearly as hot as it felt for this show and i think osprey was a uh you know a significant part of that so i think they're in a they come out of this show with some some momentum um uh I say with a bit of a chuckle um for uh, reasons i won't i won't spell out but um i think that they're in, in a a better uh position right now than they've been in some time and we'll see how they're able to follow up on it um you know this was a, a terrific show and they've got some characters that are feeling hot and in my view and you know i've certainly been you know beating the, the drum on this for a while now the the thing that they most need to do is make the week-to-week television more engaging in terms of having more eventful matches, having more um, having more of a feeling of progression in the characters, having fewer people feeling like they're running in place so that the stakes on a week-to-week basis feel stronger. And if you can infuse that with a number of characters that I think feel um, pretty strong right now, I think you're in a, in a, in a pretty good place from a creative standpoint, um, even if there's still a lot of work to be done in terms of uh, fan engagement these days.
3: Javier, I'm curious for your thoughts on this. Um, let me start with the two negative things I had towards the match. Now, the first one being uh, it, it was hard to get totally invested in it because, based on how they've been booking lately, I'm expecting some sort of you know donk house to get involved and to screw one of the two wrestlers. I'm 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 waiting for their out, um, and, and that's more because of what the, the work they've done before. They didn't do that, so you know mm-hmm. that was great. But that does that thought was always back in my mind. It's like, okay, well, am I going to really buy into this near fall when it might be, you know, Don Callis pulling the referee out of the, the thing? So um, that was one thing that was always in the back of my mind, which hurt what would have, you know, what could have been like a five-star match for me. And the other thing was the lack of pretty much doing any kind of like promoting the match or making the match feel like it were important, which you could even done just in commentary talking about, you know, Osprey's the hot thing. Uh, Takeshita has claimed that he's, you know, he's, he's up and coming. Uh, Osprey's already established. What does it mean for the particular wrestlers? I think there was a lot of stuff that they left on the table that could have made add to the meaning of the match instead of it just being a really great technical uh one of the best uh counter wrestling matches i've seen in a long time so the match itself was great but the emotional investment could have been greater had the work been done and it not just felt like this match is happening because tony khan wants to see it because he knows it's gonna be a good match so had more work been done like in the slightest i think it would have been emotionally i would have been more emotionally invested in it than just being very very pleased by the excellence of execution uh, that that we saw.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, the, but the good stuff. If those are two uh, critiques.
3: Well, I, I I finished with the good part that it was the the t- technically it was the most in in terms of like uh, the uh, re- um, gotcha. uh, counter wrestling was is, gotcha. is is probably the best I've seen in years and, and yeah, like, yeah. this could have been a five star match had there for me but for me to you know, I I do include when I you know, give a rating. I do include, like, meaning, you know, yeah, yeah. No, understandable. Meaningful. Yeah. and this is just, this was a, basically an exhibition match that was great, but, like, it didn't really count for the rankings, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: no, and and the fact is, is I mean, Don Callis is like, if you live another hundred years, you'll never see a match this good. And it's like, that's great, but is it, and it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, <sighs> I, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. It's, it's, it's inevitable that it's going to be It's not even inevitable. It feels like a lost fight to say match quality should sort of should sort of speak for itself and be a positive side effect of hiring the right wrestlers and having them execute a a game plan really well. But that the the commentary and the story should the commentary should be built on the story and the ramifications of the win and loss, and then you'll get. By doing that for fans who pay attention to commentary, which I think is a vast majority, you're then going to get crowds that aren't saying fight forever but are popping for two counts and kickouts and cheering for one wrestler and rooting against another because they want to see somebody advance and, and, and have the, the consequences of the win. Um, and sometimes it just seems like it's a bunch of, you know, 1980s newsletter-reading fans marking out uh, on, on commentary for how great the match is and how many stars it is. And again, I think that stuff speaks for itself. There's an occasion where you just you kind of you do... Lose your shit, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And and I get that, and you can make the case this should be it. It's Osprey at full time, first full time, first match as a full timer in AEW, and it's Dakeshta who people have been frustrated that he hasn't gotten a chance to really show what he can do, and um, and so you know, if if this were the only exception, you would still be disappointed, Javier. But you'd be like, "Well, I sort of get it because you know of all those things I just said." But I'm with you. I mean, I'd like more of the focus to be on the story, and just people are going to recognize a great match because they're emotionally. they're emotionally reacting to the excitement of it. I I just don't think we need to be hit over the head with with the announcers validating how exciting a match is rather than spending that time on uh, other things. Now, there's still you know, the, the the issue of this being an exhibition match was sort of part of the story. You know, <laughs> Don Cal's like, nobody wants to fight us, we're going to fight each other. And um, so in a sense, it sort of was framed as an exhibition show-off match about how talented and hard-hitting and tough these guys are. So maybe they, you know, Don Cal sort of pushed back and go, well, that was the point of this match. Um, but but I, I totally know, know what you're saying. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm the person style wise who who would cut out half the spots in the last eight minutes of the match. So there could be a little bit of selling because I, I just got numb to the big spots when Osprey looks like he's dead. And 15 seconds later, he's smiling to the crowd and playing up and forecasting the next move. And it just, I think that's ridiculous um, when you're trying to get over big spots and you're, you're not selling them and you're a hundred percent. And so that, that takes something away for me because I just am not into the density of high spots. I, I like the there to be consequences built into the, the ebb and flow of the match. So I'm, I'm, I love the match, but um, it was a great ride. But that aspect of it, I, I, I would adjust. I'd either lengthen the match or, or cut out some of those spots and sell a little bit more until, you know, you get to the, like a crescendo and you can have one or two times where that happens. Um, but it felt like uh, more more density of that than, than I prefer in, in an epic match. Um, Javier, anything else you want to add on on this match? Yeah, no, that's about it. And uh, Todd, anything else you want to add?
2: What a wet blanket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Both of us. Sorry, special. that
2: wasn't about the match.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Um, besides that, Todd. No. All right. Um. All right. I asked Sean if anything else happened at the uh, presser. He said not really. Um. So overall, uh, Todd, how, how is this? Uh, what tier is this pay
2: per view in? yeah this is a thumbs up show for me um I, it seems like s- s- some of the superlatives I, I i saw getting thrown around it seems like i'm not as high on this as, as some people were but i thought it was a uh, overall a, a, a strong show for sure the best aw pay-per-view in uh, in uh, in quite a while and beyond sort of the strength of some of the key matches like i said uh, it it also had the feel of a, of a hotter product and uh and that's mm-hmm. That's really something that AEW's been missing for quite a while. So we'll see if they're able to, uh, um, to follow up on that effectively. Um, or if, you know, the, um, you know, the bump from, uh, from Sting's retirement and the big crowd that it drew, um, is going to be difficult for them to replicate.
0: I'm curious if all the issues with Bleacher Report app had to do with just a surge of orders, or if it's just Bleacher Report not not being forgetting to up the bandwidth uh, before before their 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 big show. Um, as far as the, the overall product, the crowd was a big part of it. I, I like the 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 heritage of Greensboro and and talking about it. Um, you know, uh, Mox and Claudio coming out uh, with the LOD things to kind of symbolize their taking on the the, the modern Tullian Arn, and that mentioned in commentary. It it felt like a a, definitely felt like a red hot product. I also think it benefited from the absence of something that's just been this dark cloud for a while, which is, and I'm a fan of his work. I think he's mega talented, but MJF. It wasn't an MJF centric show. It wasn't uh, fresh. It wasn't in the midst of some CM Punk drama or meta stuff going on, Um, and you know a a convoluted storyline that you know was trying to be multiple things on multiple levels. I I think it benefited because it it got back to, it had a red hot crowd watching really, really talented wrestlers work really, really hard in storylines that were not convoluted and, you know, Whatever, whatever adjective or descriptive language you use for what MJF engaged in the last couple of years in his AW run, so I think I think it benefited for also from some, some, the absence of irritants. Um, Javier and Todd, uh, Javier, what do you think of the overall show?
3: Yeah, I thought it was a good show. Um, it uh, harkened back to what we uh, used to say, where uh, not super interested going in with about eighty percent of the card, probably interested in like twenty percent going in. Uh, in my case, it was the uh, Sting's retirement and the Takeshita um osprey match and uh the stuff i was really interested for the most part uh, exceeded my expectations and at the end of the day uh, you know it, it, it felt uh it felt like a, a a good time overall um uh with the exception of um uh, my brother had already fallen asleep at 11 so <laughs> uh, Man. Much... <laughs> you didn't have to listen to him you just got to
0: watch the show you got to focus on on yeah. everything else yeah
3: So, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely a fun experience. And, um, uh, my, my, my thought is with the expansion of the number of pay-per-views that they're doing, um, there's also the question of like how you're going to, uh, uh, pace the storylines you're doing if you're going to have these 10, 12, 13 match pay-per-views. Um if that's sustainable and what does that mean towards to dynamite because you do have big dynamites that they build to are these are those going to be going away and they're going to be replaced by pay-per-views so that that's something interesting to uh, to pay attention in the next in the coming year yeah uh todd any final words on anything
0: no all right uh javier how about you
3: uh probably do but i rushed here and left notes in the car so uh,
0: <laughs> that's about it for me thank you for rushing uh, <laughs> thanks uh, javier thanks todd thanks rich Uh, Thanks, VIP members. We'll talk to you all next time.